0: It's called Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. Now, I know the holiday season is right around the corner, and it's common to do a a series on gratitude, or it's common to do a series on giving thanks, and it's common to do a series on uh, 25 days of thankfulness or something like that, but I want us to change this a little bit, and and let's go to a straight spiritual principle in God's Word as we launch this series off, and that's what we're going to do. And so the first half of this series is called Thanks, as we deal with thanks and what it's going to mean, and we'll find out more about that in this message here, and what it means for your life. But then the last half, for this series is going to be called Giving. And so this is a November-December series that we're jumping in on. The first half in November is called Thanks. The last half in December is called Giving. And I know that God has brought us to a specific place this year. And, and wow, we've had an amazing start to what God's been doing all throughout TWBC, throughout this theme that we've had of home and can't stop, won't stop. And we're going to continue to, to press in on what God has for us. But how many of you know a great start is just a great start if you don't have a powerful finish? Amen. So so I don't want you to just have a great start. I want you to finish this year in in epic fashion, amen? I want you to finish this year unleashed with the anointing and the power of God because throughout this year we've seen amazing things happen and we're going to recap some of that in this morning's message as we kick it off. And so Hebrews 13 verse 8 says this, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday. Everybody say yesterday. Everybody say today. And everybody say forevermore. Amen. Aren't you glad God is more consistent than your pastor? Amen. (laughs) Come on. Aren't you glad God is more consistent than your career? Aren't you glad God is more consistent than the economy? Aren't you glad God is more consistent than our government and everything else? I am so glad it says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Because that leads us into this next verse. And it's Revelation chapter 19, second half of verse 10. And it says this, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, is the spirit of prophecy. Now we're just going to unwrap those two things this morning as we go throughout this new series and kick it off. And the title of this morning's message is Unleashed. Unleashed. And I want you to get in your, uh, your head for a moment. Have you ever seen the YouTube videos where you have the police dogs that are held back here on a leash... And then you have this guy who's all in this big padded clothes and he looks like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? And then they unleash this dog on him and the dog just goes wham. And he does not let go until the person in authority over him tells him to stop. I believe that's what God wants the church to do today. I believe this is the start of the unleashing of of God on TWBC that doesn't just say we're anointed, but we go out with that anointing and we unleash it on the four-state area and all across the globe with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Get ready because we haven't built up all this year an amazing series to let you finish this year saying, wow, that was a great year. We've built to this point for a specific purpose, and that is to unleash you onto the nation that we live in and the world that we're a part of to see the kingdom of God manifest in such a way. Amen. So all the stuff you've learned, we're going to recap really quick. And the first series we did this year was called Home. Everybody say home. home. Everybody yell home. home. Everybody say I'm home. I'm home. Good, I want you to be home. I want you to make sure you're home. And you can't, you, can't, you can't say it's home if you never show up at home. Amen. You know, if I went to my house um, three nights a, a month and was never there, I could not call that home. I would call it an address where I have mail shipped to. I would call it an address where UPS can drop off. But I can't say it's home. So if you want to call this home, I want you to show up. Amen. Amen. Come on, I needed a better amen than that. I want you to show up and be home because in the home series, we learned this, that Luke 15, 31 says, and Jesus said to them, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. Come on now. All that is mine, God says, is yours. So everything that the father has, he says it's yours. You get to be a joint heir with Jesus Christ and a partaker with him in the things of God. And so we started out this year with this home series and wanted you to find a place to call home and come home more often and find a place of, uh, where God can minister to you where his presence is. And so as you walk in the door, we wanted to emphasize big time this year that you are not a project to be fixed. You are a person that we love. Everybody say love really loud. You're a person that we love. When you walk through these doors, we don't look at you as the person with child issues. We don't look at you as the person with divorce issues or alcohol issues or, or past issues or jail time issues or whatever issues you may have, religious issues. We look at you a, as a person who is valuable and worthwhile just because you are breathing oxygen. Come on now. You are value and you have worth to us. So when you walk through those doors, we don't look at you as a project to be fixed. We look at you as a person we want to pour the love of the Father on. And as we begin to impart that into your life, we realize this, that many of you come into church and you feel like your life is broken and you feel like you're struggling. And I want to encourage you to, on this. Your life is not broken, but it does need some assembly required. Amen. It needs some assembly required. you got a bunch of pieces of your life, and you seem like they're shattered, and they're broken, and they're all over the place. I'm going to encourage you this morning. Your life is not broken, but it does need some assembly required. And we use the illustration when you get a box of Legos, and you pull open the box, and you look at the picture and say, wow, this is awesome, and you open the box. You don't have what's on the picture. you got a bunch of pieces. And when you got a bunch of pieces, you got to realize that they're not broken, but it does need some assembly required. Many of you walk in here, and you feel like your life is in pieces, And it may be in pieces on purpose because there's a purpose in your pieces and the pieces need some assembly required. Amen. And so I want you to trust God with your pieces moving forward because you have to see the potential in your pieces. You have to see the power in your pieces and you have to see the promise in your pieces. There's promise in your pieces. Even that piece that you think is ugly. Amen. Come on. Even that piece that you don't like and you want everybody to see the good side and not the bad side like we talked about in ministry. But that ugly piece has a, has a purpose just like the beautiful piece has a purpose. And just because you think it's ugly, your ugly piece may be your platform for ministry. <laughs> Come on now. Your ugly piece may be your platform for ministry. That abusive relationship that you came out of, it's an ugly piece that you're trying to hide, but it may be your platform for ministry. Listen, that child abuse situation that you came out of, it may be an ugly piece, and I believe God wants to heal your heart, but it can be your platform for ministry if you let it. Hey, that, 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 that young boy who's dyslexic and can't read and was in developmental math and wasn't a good speaker and was shy and was scared and, and, and cried every day till I think he was in fifth grade. I'm talking about myself. That, that ugly piece, it was my platform for ministry because I now had to trust in the Father with my pieces. And he told me there's potential in my pieces. And here's the key. Can you trust him? moving forward when you'll only be able to see the fullness of it looking back yeah. and that's what home is so important for because this is a safe place where you can trust God moving forward you can trust him with your marriage with your career with your family and you don't have to trust him alone you get to trust him with family can you trust him moving forward that in 10 years you'll look back and say I see what he was doing with my pieces when I finally let him have my pieces because there's potential in my pieces and there's promise in my pieces. Everybody say abide. abide. Everybody say abide. abide. Hey, that's the second series we went into. And the second series we was abide. And it was the purpose of getting acquainted with the culture of heaven. And we used Matthew 6.10. And we said, your kingdom or culture come, your will or culture be done on earth in our culture as it is in heaven, your culture. So what we wanted to do after we found a place called home where the presence of the Father is, is not just be like a, like a normal home. We wanted it to resemble or reflect or be a mirror image of the culture of God's home. And Jesus emphasized this in the Lord's Prayer, and we launched into this series on Easter weekend. And as Jesus emphasized this, what the purpose of this verse in Matthew 6, 10 was, it was an apostolic mandate. And when they would send an apostolic group of ships out to discover a new land, the purpose of that lead ship, that apostolic ship, was this. It was when you found a new land, you are supposed to recreate The empire you came from so close to the original empire that you came from that when the king of the empire comes over to this new land, he feels just as much at home in the new land as he did the empire he came from. So our heart for abide was, God, when you send your Holy Spirit to dwell with us here at TWBC, we want the Holy Spirit to be so comfortable with us because this place that is here and your anointing is on resembles so much the place that he's abided at for centuries and for since the creation of everything with you, it resembles heaven so much. Your spirit is pleased to stay and dwell with us. And so that was the purpose of abide, and we wanted the culture of heaven to come. And I use this quote And it was, history tells us of a well-known story about Alexander the Great. Once he was passing by a beggar and gave him several gold coins, and someone on his team noticed it and that he gave him several gold coins and mentioning that Alexander, copper coins, would have met the beggar's need just as well. To this, Alexander the Great replied, Copper coins would have suited the beggar's needs, but gold coins suit Alexander's giving. See, we can give the world a lot of things that suit the world's needs. But does it suit the Father's way of giving? See, I don't want to give according to the way TWBC can give. I want to give according to the way the Father can give. I don't want to give copper when God says, I want you giving them gold. I don't want to give you a half-baked message when the Father says, I want to give you my spirit and my my everything and and an anointed word from God in due season. I don't want to give copper any longer when God says, I got gold that I'm wanting to give to show the fullness of who I am and show show the world what the potential of a loving Heavenly Father is. Church, we've got to quit giving copper when God says, I got something way better than copper for you to offer. So much so. Peter said this, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give unto you. Rise up and walk. Come on now. How many of you know you don't need money to pay a medical bill when you just rise up and walk? Come on. You don't need money to pay for the doctors and the surgeon when you say rise up and walk. Jesus, when the woman with the issue of blood came, she had been to doctors and exhausted all the money she had. She didn't have a need for money. She she didn't have a need for the copper. She needed gold. And when she touched Jesus, he gave her more than copper. He gave gave her healing. Come on now. It's time that we give the world what the world needs, and that is all the power that the Father has given us. He said, all that's mine is yours. Quit just thinking of money. He said, all that's mine is yours. Power, anointing, strength, ability. It's time that we give that to a world that's in desperate need and in a desperate place. And then so after that, we went on a journey, and it was called the quest. Everybody say the quest. And Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God in John eleven forty. 40. And so we started off the quest and we said the quest must begin with a question. The quest must begin with a question and that is this. Is my passion for his presence or glory measurable outside of the expression of normal church services? So what you experience here is a measurable existence or experience of the passion and the glory and the, of the presence of the Father. But is there a measurable expression of that in your everyday life is the question. Because if you get it on Sunday, it's a good thing. But when you have it on Monday, it's a better thing. Come on. Because some of y'all look forward to Sunday, but you're dreading Monday. And some of y'all even dread Sunday because you know Monday's coming. Amen. Come on. But you love Monday because you know Friday's coming. Come on. But what if you could wake up every day and not have to dread the day because you have a measurable expression of his presence and his glory abiding in your life? Come on, then you get to look forward to every day. Then it's not who's coming to me and begging for me today. It's what need do I get to meet today. Then it's not about what problem I'm going to encounter at the office. It's about what solutions I get to bring to a world that needs the the wisdom of God. Come on, if some of y'all would approach your workplace with the wisdom of God, you would revolutionize industries. I'm telling you, God God has designed it for believers to revolutionize industries. I mean, whole industries. Industries. And ways of doing things, ways of living. He's, he's anointed believers with wisdom. It's just we don't wake up with a measurable expression of his presence and therefore we don't walk in a measurable expression of his wisdom. Yeah. We walk in a measurable expression of our frustration many times. But the heart of God is this. I want you to have a measurable experience of my presence and encounter with him on a daily basis, so much so that I want you to have an encounter with him today that will change your tomorrow. I want you to have an encounter with God today that will make you wake up looking forward to Monday morning tomorrow. Some of y'all are saying that's a miracle in itself. I know it's a miracle in itself. Come on. I want you to have an encounter with him today that's going to change your tomorrow and leave place different. And that's what the quest was all about. And then finally we figured out in the quest when the glory of God shows up and we found the glory of God that we begin to resemble him and look like him. And we become the Father's image here in the earth And as we become the Father's image here in this earth, we are a reflection of what the world sees the Heavenly Father as. And so whatever people say about your God, about your Savior Jesus Christ, about your Holy Spirit, and I'm emphasizing yours because it is yours and it is mine, whatever they say about my God, my Savior Jesus, my Holy Spirit, is only what they're seeing as an image that we're portraying. Listen, the Bible says this. Uh, um, we walk by faith and not by sight who's he talking to? the believer so therefore the non-believer walks by sight and not by faith and if they're walking by sight they're seeing the image that we're portraying and whatever they're saying about the image we're portraying is probably the image we're putting off so what image are you putting off of the father? I don't know I'm ready to give gold coins amen I'm ready for that image to be seen I'm ready for that church to rise up and the glory of God to to rise and rest upon us. And so we've got to realize that we are the image of the Father. And so as we learned in the last series that it says this, it says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. And I use this illustration is you have a bank account, and when you have a bank account, they keep a set of books, and you keep a set of books. And at the end of every month, you're supposed to balance your What? Your bank statement, your checkbook, your checking account. Some of y'all, I had three people answer, so nobody does it, right? People are like, what is that? And I don't do that. I just make sure there's money in the account. I pull it up online every day and make sure there's money there. No, there comes a point when you need to reconcile it, where you need to make sure your numbers add up and equal their numbers. There comes a point in your Christian walk, and Jesus came to do this. He said, I came to reconcile all things to myself. I came to make your numbers look like my numbers. I came to make your life look like my life. He didn't say reconcile the two together. He said, I'm reconciling you to me. I'm making you look like me because I'm not going to come look like you. Thank you, God. That's why he's Savior, and I'm not. So he's making us look like him. He's reconciling us to himself. And here's the awesome part of this. He came to make us look like him, but for a purpose. A purpose for it is this. It says, for in him all. Everybody say all. All. Everybody say all. All. One more time, say all. Do your arms. All. All. I got to get you active with me this morning. Some of y'all got that extra hour of sleep and it's setting in. (laughs) All the fullness of God was pleased to what? Dwell. Dwell. Now, Now, here's the amazing thing. Jesus said, in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Jesus said, I came to make you look like myself. So that means in us all the fullness of God is not just dwelling but pleased to dwell. Come on. I'm telling you, Hillary, the the presence of God is pleased to dwell in your life. God just doesn't want to dwell on you and just rest in you. He said, I'm happy to. Come on. God is happy to dwell with his people. He's happy to have the fullness of his presence dwell with us. And so in that, we're going to become a resemblance of the Father. And now that you're caught up on a whole year's worth of messages in, in 10 minutes, come on now. I told you miracles can happen. Amen. I told you they're in place. We're going to jump into this morning's called Thanksgiving. And now that you've had all these messages come to you this year, we've been, uh, uh, my agenda behind the scenes was this. Yes, there was an agenda to those. was to impart faith into your life without you even knowing it. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I wanted to get you so familiar with some massively key scriptures that your faith has grown and taken on a new level by the time you got to this point here. And so with this in mind, I wanted to have have faith imparted into you through home and abiding and and the quest for his glory and that you look like him. And so now that we're entering the last two months of the year, and I said it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. It's time that we as a church not just finish the year, but we finish it strong and we unleash all of this faith into the world that we know. Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. And there's not a better time to do it because election day is tomorrow, baby. Come on. Y'all are silent. You're like, yeah, we know. No, this is an opportunity. Man, see, when y'all face a battle, y'all got the wrong perspective. I look at it as an opportunity to unleash my faith, to unleash the power of God, to unleash the anointing of the Father and bring gold coins into a copper-ridden world. Come on. I look at it as an amazing opportunity. And it doesn't matter what happens tomorrow because it's an amazing opportunity for the church to rise up and bring gold and the anointing of God to this place that we call home. Come on now. So there's no greater time than today, and election day is tomorrow. Give God a hand clap of praise. Okay, y'all still don't believe me. I can tell by your expression. Tomorrow, I'm getting y'all ready. It's Tuesday. Hey, see, y'all proved my point. You know what election day is. Hey, CD, edit that part out of the video, okay? We're good. I love this. No, seriously, can I, I'm, since we're off script, I'm going off script. I, I love it when I make mistakes. I really do, because it makes it fun to be in church, to realize that you're not looking at somebody who's trying to be perfect and staunchy and religious and be somebody that, that, that's unrelatable. I don't want to be the man on stage that you can't relate to. I want to be the man that that messes up in front of you. And because this is home and your family, we get to laugh about it together. Celebrate it. Amen. Come on. Kind of like when I was saying Isaiah instead of Jeremiah last week. Come on now. It's fun to do this. And, And I hope this is an example that, hey, when you're serving Christ and you do it in a good environment like this, it's not just okay if you mess up. I'm not saying look forward to messing up. It's not just okay if you mess up. It can actually be fun when you mess up. So don't ever fear of volunteering at TWBC, and if I mess up, I'm getting the heavy hand. No, it's not going to happen. We're going to celebrate your mistake, just like we're going to celebrate your victory. Amen. We're going to walk with you through it because we're on this journey together, still being reconciled to the Father. And election today is Tuesday, guys. Come on, get it right. Now, where am I? And so we want to unleash the faith of God in our life on this area and all the Northeast Texas area, and the four-state area, and around the world. And we want to not just let it go. See, some of y'all think when you release your faith, you're just like opening a, a bag and butterflies fluttering out. I'm releasing my faith. I don't want you to release it. I want you to unleash it. There's a big difference between releasing and unleashing. Because when you unleash something, it means something is contained that wasn't meant to be held back. Come on now. I don't want you to just to release it. I want you to unleash it because there's something in you that wasn't meant to be held back that I don't know what's held on to it for so long. But it's time to unleash your faith and let it explode onto the scene. A bomb was created to do one thing, and that's explode. You were created with dunamis power. That's where we get the word dynamite from. And that is to explode onto the world and unleash the power of God into the world that you're in. And I want you to to, to encourage you this morning... As I'm opening up this series, it says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And and a good definition for that verse is this. It's immutable. God and Jesus Christ are immutable, which means unchanging over time. Or, it goes on to say, unchanging over time or unable to be changed. Now, aren't you glad the world is unable to change who our God is? Aren't you glad that the circumstances that go on here in this realm are unable to change him in his realm? Amen. And how many of you know if they're unable to change him in his realm and his realm wants to come invade our realm, when his realm invades our realm, it's unable to change him even when he is in our realm. Come on. He is unable to be changed. So listen, your bad day doesn't change the fact that he's still God. Your bad attitude and when you go off and blame God for everything still doesn't change the fact and the truth statement that he is God and he is God alone. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So he is unable to be changed by you, unable to be changed by me, unable to be changed by the circumstances of this world. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so I want to encourage you with this, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I'm going to say it one more time. And i got to have you start believing that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And the goodness of God that he's shown all throughout the history of time, he's wanting to show it again. Amen. The New Testament says this. I don't understand why people are always so bent on scaring people into the kingdom of heaven. Because the Bible says this. It's the goodness or kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Yeah. Come on now. How many of y'all got saved under the kindness of God? Now, some of y'all got saved under the wrath and the hellfire and the brimstone. And, he, and, I, and, I, and I'm being serious on this. If you got saved under that, you need to make sure you made a faith yes. statement and not a fear statement. Yes. I believe so many people get saved under the fear of going to hell that they never made a faith statement. They took a step out of fear, not out of faith. Yeah. And that's why we don't see fruit the way we should. But I want you to make a faith stance yeah. in your life. Out of the goodness of God that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, for you. And so now that we know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, unable to be changed, Revelation 19.10 says this, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And why does God want us to worship him? Because you become like what you worship. Here's the thing, when, when God said in the book of Exodus chapter 20 verse 3, it says, you shall have no other gods before me, which is the first commandment. He wasn't an insecure God who was up in heaven saying, oh my gosh, if they start worshiping somebody else, it's going to make me less of God. No, he knew he was still God. Yeah. See, God doesn't have our insecurity problem, come on. He doesn't have it. And so he wasn't sitting there saying, oh, no, they're worshiping a gold calf. Then they're not worshiping me and I'm insecure. And he wasn't freaking out like that. He didn't want them worshiping dead inanimate objects because then they would become dead inanimate people. He wanted them to worship the living God so they would become living people and display the glory of God in the earth. This is the reason he said, you shall have no other gods before me. Whatever you worship is what you become like, and whatever is first in your life is what you worship. Come on. Some of you, it's your bank accounts, Some of you, it's your hobbies. Some of you, it's the football season. Some of you, it's when football season ends. (laughs) Come on. Whatever you worship is what you become like. Jesus went on to say this, and Jesus quoted this out of the book of Deuteronomy when he says, this is the most important. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is likened to it, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Listen, Jesus didn't make that up. He quoted it from the Old Testament. Okay? Okay. And so in this, it says worship God. Why? Because you become like what you worship. I want us to worship a living God and a loving God because I want us to be a living people that's a loving people. Come on. I want, I, people always ask me, Joel, why do you always just do great encouraging messages and you don't hit on other stuff? Because I believe you get beat up enough in the world all week long. I don't want to beat you up when you come to church. I want to encourage you, inspire you to press on with the great faith that's on the inside of you. Come on now. And in that, I want you to love a living God and worship him because of his goodness, not because of the trial that's in the midst of your life. And it says, worship him, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And the word testimony, I want you to write down this definition. The word testimony means this, what he has done. The spirit of testimony, the spirit of what Jesus has done is the spirit of prophecy. Your definition of prophecy is this. I'm keeping it real simple. What he is about to do. Yeah. And, and a faith statement is not what he is about to do. A faith statement is the spirit of prophecy. What he's doing right now and pouring out right now even though you don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the testimony of Jesus Or what Jesus has done is the spirit of what Jesus is about to do. The testimony of what Jesus has done. Now now listen to this. The Bible says Jesus was slain before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. I'm not talking about in Matthew 1.1 1, 1 where it gives the genealogy of when he came into the earth. I'm talking about Jesus who was with God in the beginning. He was with God and he was God and he became the word made flesh. I'm talking Jesus has been here all along. And so the prophecy, the, 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 the testimony of what Jesus has done is the spirit of prophecy of what he's about to do. And listen to this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The amazing thing is what he did in Genesis and poured out his love and grace its the spirit of prophecy about what he's going to do again. What he did in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Come on now. What he did, he said, it's the spirit of prophecy of what I'm about to do again. Now, I'm going to go into this deep next week. The spirit of prophecy is not from above or around it's from within you you must exercise the testimony of what jesus has done in your life you must exercise the victories that jesus has done in your life because the victory that he brought you yesterday if you'll exercise it as a a testimony it becomes a spirit of prophecy about what he's going to do in your life tomorrow or today so listen Every time there's a great battle going on, I exercise the, 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 the principle of the testimony. God, you brought the Israelites through the Red Sea. God, you brought the Israelites through the River Jordan. God, you had David defeat Goliath. God, you rescued Daniel from the lion's den. God, you rescued Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego from a fiery furnace. God, you even rescued Jonah out of a whale. Even in the midst of his rebellion, you still saved him. Thank you, Jesus. Come on now. You were through were there through the prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah. You were with the prophet Joel when he poured, when he prophesied, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You were with Jesus, and he didn't have to part water. He just walked on water. Thank you, Lord. When the hungry were there, he fed the fire thousand so you can supply all of my needs see I exercise the principle of the testimony because when I exercise the principle of the testimony it sets it up for the spirit of prophecy what he has done he's about to do and that's why I wanted us to do the thing earlier this morning pour it out because he's ready to pour it out on you see you didn't even know you were exercising the spirit the principle of the testimony And what the principle of the testimony is, is when you hear God do something amazing for somebody, you celebrate it with them. Don't get jealous of them, because what he did for them is the principle of the testimony he can do for you. And listen, this isn't some feel-good fluff message. This is principle straight out of God's word. And I want to encourage you, think of the great victories of the Bible. Think of the great power uh, of the Bible when God manifested it in certain ways. That's why I love the series. We're, we're wrapping up this Wednesday night on Joshua. It's about the power of God and just exploding on the scene in certain situations. Because the, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And Mitchell ask you and the worship team to begin to come. And I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. We're going to exercise the principle of the testimony. So I love all you great Bible-carrying people, but close your Bible. Put it under your seat because we're fixing to exercise the principle of the testimony. And we're about to worship in a song called Yes and Amen. And it's a good song. Because all the promises of God are yes and amen. And you just learned what Jesus has done in the past. It sets it up for the spirit of what he's about to do in the beginning. If you are uh, ministering at the altar, come and begin to pray. And by the end of this morning's message, here in the next three minutes, I'm going to have you set up with the principle of the testimony. Because the principle of the testimony is the spirit of prophecy. And I don't want to just tell you what to do. I want to do it with you as a church. I want to lead in this. Because I believe what God has planned for us in the year 2017 will blow our ever-loving mind of what he wants to do through TWBC, but it's going to be set up by this. God's unleashing something for 2017, starting in 2016, so when 17 arrives, amen, thank you, Jesus, we're rolling into this thing, not starting into this thing. Amen. We're in a series called Thanks. Thanks. And I want us to be thankful and think back of the testimonies of Jesus.